dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce and I'm really, really surprised that Sauce has got here on a Thursday after the grand final. Being the Geelong supporter he is, he thinks he hasn't spoken about Geelong much on the podcast uh, this year, <laughs> but there's only one game to talk about and it was all one-way traffic with Geelong uh, being premiers for 2022. Uh, lots of fairy tales, lots of stories coming out of it and uh, Sauce, the floor is going to be yours today. Exactly right. There was. I'm glad that only one team showed up. It made my job really easy to be able to talk about uh, my beloved cats. But uh, it was a, a testament to the Geelong Football Club. This was a day of. Um, whilst it may have been a blowout for for most people, it was a celebration of not just the um, the actual Geelong team from 2022, but a whole uh, pile of work that went into this season. You know, right from all the stories that come out after the grand final, and as a, an avid football supporter yourself, Pez, you know that. The grand final is, is a spectacle in itself, but the aftermath and the stories that come out and you hear about all the training going up to it and all the little intimate details going on, that's where the money is and that's where the great uh, football stories are. And, and this you know, grand final and this premiership is no different to the others. Yeah, all good and well for Geelong and Geelong supporters, but uh, they didn't uh, do the normal fans any favours, uh, Geelong and Sydney, because everyone's barbecues during the second quarter, everyone already knew the result. Everyone already knew who was winning, so uh, if they were in sweeps or they had uh, the Swans for anything or the Swans players in a Norm Smith sweep, their, their day was gone, their yep. was ruined. People would have even left at half-time source. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I was at the game, as you know, and uh, there were a few people starting to, to leave the stands closer to the fourth quarter, some uh, red and white supporters there. Not, I'm not talking about myself because uh, that definitely <laughs> that describes our old source here, red and white. But a couple of uh, the Swan supporters started to depart uh, the fourth quarter and I was talking to you earlier and you said, when can you – you started to enjoy it. And the first quarter, it was, it was great and you didn't know it was over. Like, you obviously – you know, when you're invested in it and the way the final series has played out, you expected uh, Sydney to show some life and a bit of a comeback. They're the best third quarter team in, in the season. and uh, That's what you're sitting there thinking at halftime, yep. uh, up by a, a big margin. And, and then once that first goal came in that third quarter, it was time to enjoy the football and pile on six more goals and, and really party time. And sitting there with my mum and my sister who hadn't witnessed uh, in person a Geelong Premiership, they had uh, been unlucky in getting tickets to the, the last three or four that we'd been into. Um, it was, it was you know, a great moment for me as a football fan and as you know, a family person. It was good to you know, have that connection with the football club and you know that yourself with St Kilda when they, when they eventually uh, break the winning. trend. Uh, um, I don't know that. Might not ever see it, mate. <laughs> uh, you know that. Yeah, true. Um, but... I will tell you to enjoy this while you can, this premiership, because uh, the biggest story to come out of the 2022 grand final hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't. What sort of chair have you given me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a couple of loose nuts. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, It's a horrible, horrible little creaking there. Apologies for the the creaks you'll be able to hear. That isn't the uh, Sydney game plan. That is just the... But uh, you know what I'm speaking about with the biggest story. The biggest story uh, is a a stripped premiership of of 2022. Sorry? We've been speaking about it all year, and I can't believe it's not in the in the media. But uh, Geelong, a bunch of cheats. Oh, come on, come over on. the salary cap by what four million dollars? No, no, no. Five didn't, million, didn't you watch, six didn't, million. Didn't you watch Geelong and uh, the, you know the retirement speech by Joel Selwood? They actually confirmed it. There's not a lot of money coming out of uh, the, you know with his retirement. He taken pay cuts, and that, that's the sort of team that Geelong are. They take pay cuts. They don't accept money from. Well, the they're football not really club taking pay cuts. They're getting double, triple the no, amount. No, no, don't be silly. Don't be silly. Don't don't listen to any of the investors or the the real estate agents in Geelong and what they tell you. Well, now the Melbourne Storm lost their uh, premierships in the nineties, early two thousands. So within the next uh, fifteen years, source, it'll be a, a day of mourning for the Geelong Cats because that premiership will be gone, and you guys might be shunned down to Tasmania for being a cheating bunch of dogs. I tell you, it's, Jesus Christ, <laughs> a bunch of cheating a bunch of dogs. Tell you what, Piz. You know, I thought I thought our friendship meant a bit more, and I thought that you, I, I didn't think that jealousy is is a good fitting colour for you, and I didn't think you'd act like this. You know, like a child and a, a jealous supporter, and that and that's all it is. Because I'm you know, you know how hard premierships are to uh, to a lot a lot easier when you're over the side. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, come on, come on there. Let, let's talk about the game and let's stop being silly. Uh, let's let's get on to the, it. Was a great game. It was a great uh, spectacle. We had a couple of bets in the game. Obviously, uh, we had the longest kick, and yeah, your man, your man prevailed. 
No, you didn't. You didn't see who won the longest kick. No, I didn't. I yeah, didn't, me neither. Didn't watch. <laughs> I don't even know who won. I did see the halftime sprint though. Oh, and my, my man, <laughs> my man. Then I, I said he was paying seven dollars. Hugh, good old Hugh. Unbelievable. He won the halftime sprint. I should have put a cheeky on that uh, with with the old grand final bet slip, which we'll speak about very soon. But uh, what I what I do want to talk about is the the absolute class of Geelong in, in the aftermath. There was, there was big celebrations. There was the Jeremy Cameron celebration uh, when he kicked, I think, his second goal in that fourth oh, quarter where he's cracked open the cracked can. Cracked open and a VB and he, you know that's a VB for he, sure. He's putting it down the, down the gob and there was a lot of uh, emotion, a lot of tears. And one thing I do enjoy watching uh, every single year is the medal presentation source. And I've come up with the perfect solution for every AFL club of what the player needs to do it's because it feels like you need to be coached on it because always one year there's someone that stuffs it up and it stuffs it up for that little Oz kick kid and that, and they don't get the uh, the handshake or they don't get the oh. the, the proper uh, presentation there cam Guthrie's gone back and he's fixed that he, he went out there and he asked about who you know because he obviously got the old shadow the old uh, Hutchie, not Hutchie, is it uh, or was it chompers, uh, chompers? The, old, the old chompers Tony Jones uh, and yeah so he reached out to the to the young uh, the young girl that he, he left hanging there for the the high five or the handshake and you know he made up for it and I'm sure he got like a signed jersey back to, to her and um, it's all been good and uh, I think there was I think it was all class but let, tell us about the, your, your solution oh well first Joel Salwood was best on Best uh, in the medal presentation, he gave up a, his boots to the little uh, Oz kicker of the year it was that came out to see Joel Selwood, the captain, uh, which was very good. So Gave him his boots, told him to point down the camera, told him to look, wave. wave. It was a great little moment. Again, a selfless footballer, you put it on about someone else. Absolutely perfect. And I don't mind the little, the little photo as well. I know it would take an extra two minutes to do the whole team, just have a look at the oh, camera. Nice. But get a nice little photo with like the, the player after you've given them the medal. Um, there goes, uh, oh, capping comp in the NFL. Got to get the, the tips in if very you want to play the Friday here. game. Uh, Tom Stewart was the one worst on ground for mine. So he, he's gone up uh, number 44, I think he is. So he, he's gone up near the end and he didn't shake the, the kid's hand. He took the medal off, put it on. And then when he's gone up to celebrate with his hands up, He's knocked the hat off that he just put on the little oh, girl. So he knocked worst it, on. He knocked it down. Absolutely worst on. I think he did try and reach out to find out who it was because he's mucked up on the day. And I know the players are excited and things like that. Yeah, but that poor. But I think the media manager or whoever it is, the social social media person, just needs to say just before they're already celebrating. It's really hard, but there needs to be some criteria for it. So do you go down the pathway of actually getting them in the uh, all, all the players before the game, and they just do a little practice, a dress rehearsal, maybe. You can't be doing that no, because you, you don't can. know if you're going to win. Oh, well, you, get, this you, is, you get both teams the opportunity to. I think it's while you're standing there, just get a whole lot of Caleb. Get, get a whole lot of Caleb, get Caleb Daniel in and get him to pretend to be the kid, and then they can go along <laughs> and put the hat on him and shake his hand. Be perfect. Just before the medal ceremony happens, what? Or, so this is the order that they have to do it. So I always thought you had to go up. <laughs> this is how good the grand final was that we're talking about the hat celebration. <laughs> well, I absolutely love it. This is my my go to on grand final day. They go up and shake the hand first, but you can't be doing that. The, kid, the, the kid, kid the kid doesn't think it either yet. The kid is holding the medal with two yep. hands and they've been told they're going to put it on the player. Yep. So what the player needs to do is the player needs to bend down. The person needs to put the med- – the kid puts the medal on the player's neck. Yep, over the neck. Then the hat goes on the head. Mm-hmm. Handshake. And if you wanted to do the photo, you do the photo. You don't have to. But handshake, you say a couple of words to them or whatever. You don't have to. But the handshake goes there, and then you can throw your arms up and celebrate to the crowd. Walk down the stairs, go from there. All you right. don't have the issue. All right, so you go, you go, medal on neck, and then yeah, but you, you go, don't you don't take the medal off no, the no, kid. No, no, you're, 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 which yeah, some players you're ba- do. As you're well. bowing down, letting the the medal get on. Ha- uh, hat being put on to the the kid. Hand out, handshake, whatever. Photo, boom. So your photo's there for the last part. So you know they're filming, whatever. Then you, you pull out your flag, you, you Zach Tui, your, your green and white flag, or your, yep. you know, your, uh, that's what I'm talking about, your Crawford little media plug there. Like, you, you do that after. Yep. And I don't know if this will be seen as silly by the fans, but this is a really big uh, pet peeve of mine when the players don't do it properly to the Oz Kicker kids. And I yeah. like how the Oz Kicker of the round, 
were the ones that were able to present the medals. I, as well, I really so enjoyed that. That was a nice touch was this really year. Um, you know, and because I think normally what they happen is they have they used to have the team the the Oz Kicker team playing for Sydney and the Oz Kicker team playing for um, Geelong. And they, whoever they, won. They played and whoever won got to play, and that means some kids are missing out. But now with the performances at halftime, which we'll get to, I'm sure in our discussion, uh, you know, it just meant all the the um, AFL Oz Kickers were there. And Pez being at the ground watching the kids go after they were off there. They're ecstatic, these kids, but just be on the ground itself. And that, those I'm moments up there, it. it's incredible. And you're right. This is what I'm talking about. Those, those kids things. will never forget. Yeah, they'll never forget those moments. And yeah, I don't know, they were ecstatic just running around. They were mucking around as the other medal presentations were going on. Should have seen them all swarm over that, um, the little kid who got the boots and stuff. And he was there and it, it was great. It was, you know, it was really great. And you're right. It does take away from their moment. And it, it's, it, it, it must be tough as well. When you look at someone who like, you know, a lot of these blokes have put their whole career and their whole life dedicating to this one goal and they're finally achieving it and that medal doesn't really salute the actual moment does it so let's make it about someone else your moment comes when you run on there with your captain you're holding up the cup i love the it the players always say it's about a team game it's not an individual game so let that moment be with the, the oz kicker and be a really nice moment and then when you get to run on with the premiership cup on that stage i think that's the that's the big moment that people play for and then the celebration on and after the ground um so it, it was all good. I really loved the speeches from both um, Joel Selwood and Chris Scott. Chris Scott's speech. Wow. It was good, wasn't it? It was really good. And the way that he directly, you know, spoke about Sydney and then also the way he sort of like singled out. And he would be, uh, you know, captivating to listen to in a pregame speech. Well, you've um, had bad words to say about him for a number of years. And rightfully so, because he was a, a coach that didn't want to change his game plan and, and, and didn't change things up as much as we, we thought in the public. This year is when they really showed that they can change gears, change if they want to be attacking, if yeah. they want to, you know, hold the game up. And uh, it, it's credit to Geelong and Chris Scott for being able to do that. But he gave a lot of credit to um, his whole coaching staff and coaching staff before that as well. Yeah, there was an uh, there was an interview on um, Sunday night, I think it was, uh, or after the game, uh, and they interviewed Chris Scott. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on Fox Footy, AFL 360, I think it was. It's very clear he's had a couple of cans and he, he's definitely still celebrating. Is this on the FaceTime video? Yeah, yeah, and he's talking about the preparation that goes into it. And I think that, you know, the criticism from myself and a lot of Cats fans were that his in-game adjustments and that, you know, you seem to be able to get to the end and you have the Western Bulldogs approach where it's just being in the finals is good enough and you make another prelim, it doesn't really matter. And the way that he actually, at the end of last year, went and go, right, we're not doing any more line coaches. We're not doing any of this. You know, we're, not, we're, we're going to all be in this together. We're all going to be reflective. We're all going to be accountable for everyone's different role. And they set up a 12-month plan to win a premiership, to make sure players were rested at the right times. And, you know, Selwood early in the year when he was rested, he, you know, spoke out and said, well, this isn't, this isn't right. I'm ready to play. And, you know, and it was all about that big long-term end-of-year premiership. And that's why finally – because it's hard to win a premiership, Pez. Like you know, as as you know, as Selwood said right after know, the game, there's eighteen, there's there's seventeen other teams that, that are playing. It's that getting harder out. and harder. It's getting harder and harder, and coaching's hard too. You've got twenty two blokes to, to manage, and you know, obviously all the other the other forty man squad. You've got seven or eight nine coaches. You've got media coming at you from left, right, and center. So hats off to, to Chris Scott for for getting his premiership, and this is actually one that he can sit there and go, "This is my premiership." And, and you know, he did do the selfless thing and said, "This is about the club and all this," but this is his premiership. He has put a lot of He's work. He's redeemed to get himself in your eyes. He's redeemed himself. Well, he didn't need to redeem himself in terms of previous. You, you're calling for his head, and you wanted him fired. In I think everyone, years. I think everyone was. I mean, you get to what they've missed the the you know the playoffs. Let's say playoffs. Then we're already into NBA season. Missed the finals once in his tenure, and you know seven of those have been prelims it's for uh, two grand final pro, two grand final appearances and one premiership. I mean, is that redemption? I mean, what, what's what's the result? What, what do you want? What what would need what needs to be redeemed? He's getting the victories. Well, but it's, it's a Luke Beveridge rule now. He's got another six years, at he least. He does. But yeah, I, I think that uh, he has copped a lot of criticism, and I think that he actually had a really good game plan. I think it's going to change those modern teams going forward. As well. I think we're not going to see so much dominance from um, you know clubs going into it. Like you know the the twenty two and zero. I think that's gone. That'll never happen ever again. You're not going to see the Western Bulldogs. Uh, sorry, the Essendon season where they went you know what twenty and zero and they lost the one game. I think you're going to see more teams have those Kawhi Leonard scheduled rests, especially those older players. And whether it's not going to matter if you're playing a lesser team or not, that is your week to miss. Well, and, and they're going to start breeding that life into. So I think it's going to change coaching. Well, I think that the team has to with the, the age demographic of Geelong, but does that change 
list managers uh, things going into the off season and all that. But this is all about uh, the grand final and, and the celebrations. So afterwards, uh, you've got your, all your interviews and your things like that. Joel Selwood had a bit of an interesting story where he had three beers, made sure the missus, <laughs> the pregnant pregnant missus, was home safe, and they forgot the keys. And then Harry Taylor went to get the keys. He came back. And then Harry Taylor left, but he had the keys in his pocket still. So then they had to get a lift from uh, someone at the at the pub down near Geelong. Nah, the pe- at the petrol station. There, so they got a lift. They got a lift at the petrol station where they were dropped off at, at the where he thought his car was, where his car was, and they didn't have his uh, keys there. And then a young girl was filling up the, who had been at the pub previously. So oh, she'd already been the at the story, pub yep. and she was filling up her car because uh, he'd run in there to get a couple of snacks and whatever. And he's like, you know what? We'll, we'll walk it from here. It's not too far or whatever it was. Realised he didn't have the keys. Reached out to this lady who they must have seen at the pub. She must have. No, they hadn't I think seen she her was at the been pub. working there or something. Yeah, and she and had had a shit of a day. Yeah. It was it was such a good story. It's like, oh, so like, you know, how was your day? And and she's like, oh, I've had a terrible day. You know, everyone was there for grand final and it was this and that. And he's like, she's like, oh. How was your day? How was your yeah, day? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> well, oh, I just won a premiership today. Th- oh, really? What's, I think what's your name? And I think his words was, um, well, what did you do? Like, it was pretty, you had a pretty good day. What did you do? Uh, well... The grand, I played in the game. I played in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 I was that guy that you were bitching about. And so. then she asked the name, so it's like, oh, she was quite embarrassed after that. But uh, got a photo, got with, a, the got a photo cup. with the Premiership Cup. What a photo, Emily. Emily, her name was. Emily. I, I tried to find her, so if I could get that, the photo there, I'm, it's uh, that's what a, what a great what a great story for especially a day you know where you're working at the pub. Yep, easily be the worst place to be on Grand Final day at the pub. Oh, if, if you're not drinking, if you're working, if you're serving beers, that would be the worst. Yeah, because it'd be busy. It'd be busy, it'd be it'd very be rowdy, busy. and especially in a game that's a blowout, there'd be uh, a lot of business even, done. <laughs> even rowdy, a lot more business. Oh, yeah. uh, the next thing is I want to speak about the Mad Monday, and this has got uh, different reviews, and we're living in 2022. Oh, come on! And it's absolute bullshit sauce, but it's crap. Everyone was taking the piss out of Geelong for having such a retirement home aged AFL players, and then. They've gone ahead. Dangerfield's had two, three hours of makeup to make himself look older, get the, the hair coloured and everything, and they've pulled, got all the walking pulled, frames. Pulled up in the retirement the retirement van. bus. Got the lawn bowls, the Geelong Barwon heads, uh, <laughs> Geelong b- b- lawn bowls of uniform. Was it Isaac Smith coming down and falling over? Falling out of the, the thing, Isaac, Norm oh, Smith, yeah, falling out yeah, of Yeah, Norm there. Smith, and yeah. then... Um, it was it was absolutely fantastic. I th- I thought this is a great laugh. This right. is a good way to get back at um, some oh. of the the doubters from earlier in the year, and then everything that came out of it seemed to be negative. So everything you post online, someone's going to have a negative connotation to it, and it's really bullshit as i said the media jumped on the fact that geelong were making fun of the elderly and weren't <sighs> being respectful to the elderly considering what had been written up every like you look last year in the prelim when they lost by 80 points to to melbourne and you know they were the, the the words that went out there was too old too slow and that was the slogan that was the the driving mantra for geelong for most of the year and then carlton draft came out with the shirts the too old too slow with the premiership cup they look fantastic so you know what they've done the right thing here and uh, they're not doing this if they if they don't win the premiership like they're doing this as a bit of a mickey to to the, you know all the media and all the haters out there and for them to to cop flack for enjoying being old and celebrating and the old two fingers up at all the all the haters, you know, the old Taylor Swift haters going to hate. Like, it's we, we, why do we have to always find something wrong in something brilliant and, and pure and funny and, and great? It's it's kind of like, and I did see this on, on Twitter as well, people confuse the subject of the joke with the target of the joke. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the subject of this joke from Geelong, this is from Ricky Gervais by the way, uh, a comedian uh, in, the, in the office and all of that. So they confuse the subject of the joke. So the subject of this joke was elderly, okay? That was the subject. But the target of the joke was the AFL media. Mm-hmm. The target of the joke wasn't the elderly. No. That was the subject of the joke. Mm-hmm. So if you confuse those two things and you say, oh, you're targeting the elderly people and you're um, making fun of them because, you know, they can't, walk properly or they're they're frail and fragile no get a get a bloody grip it's 2022 just because you've got twitter and you've got a little account and you can say whatever you want stop being so negative about everything and just show some positivity it was it was funny and i'll I'll say it was funny and i'll stand for that and if you were offended by it then you need to get over yourself yeah it's it's the (laughs) 
people think that their opinion actually matters in this and sometimes we just need to sit back and just enjoy if this was in the 70s or 80s these guys would have been criticized that they didn't do blackface or something like that oh. and they would have been you know like just just let people have fun just let some, let people enjoy the moment this is not about you the media this is not about you the elderly this is about 30 blokes, 40 blokes who put their heart and soul into something and they want to have enjoyment because every Monday morning when they don't perform, the media go nuts up them. And the journalists before and they year, go, and they too go old, personal. They too go slow. Exactly right. You're going to miss the eight. They go personal on them too. Like, oh, Dangerfield, he's, you know, he's too slow. He's not, he's not the same football he was. Joel Selwood, he's a ducker. You know, you know, he's an Academy Award winner. Like, they go personal. And when they're trying to have not even a target of where they're calling out certain media people like they do, you know, like Beveridge has three or four times this year, what, they, what they've done is they've taken the mickey out of it and they've tried to have a bit of a laugh about it and go, you know what, we're going to embrace this joke and we're going to stick it up you without actually being disrespectful. Oh. And they, they still can't get a win out of it. But, you know, hats off to DeLong. They nail Mad Monday <laughs> every year. They, that, this, this, was, this was easily one of the best in, in, in what modern times. That was that was really good. Uh, the media is all over there with the cameras and everything and the, and the videos and they can't really enjoy it where they – they get like really pissed and, and and do that these days because there's always someone there with a camera, which we saw with the, the other team with the intoxicated intoxicated fella who couldn't even walk from <laughs> uh, I can't even remember what club it was. It was so long ago now, but they didn't make the finals and then uh, to go from there. So uh, Mad Monday, Geelong tick Premiership uh, tick uh, Kadinia Park. Uh, is it going to be a tick because it'll be ready to go by next season? Yeah, yeah Alphabet Stadium will be there with the new uh, the new Joel Selwood stand will be there oh, next the to Joel the Premiership Selwood, the, stand. The new stand. Yeah, the new the one. New one. Um, Chris Scott did say something. Wouldn't want to be on the top row there if you're the, in, the in Joel his speech. One. And this is what all Geelong fans need to remember, okay? He said, how good is it to have footy back at the G? Mm-hmm. So all you Geelong supporters that complain that you want to play your home games at Cadinia Park in the G, your coach says, how good is it to have footy at the G? That's where you win premierships. That's where it's done. Don't be sooking if you have to play at the G compared to Cadinia Park. I'm going to ignore your little your little uh, bait there. I've got to try and get you somehow. I'm going to ignore your team that. Just the premiership. I'm going to sit here and bask in that and because I agree. I think finals football, incredible. It's such an amazing feeling. Oh, you know, they had a hundred thousand full capacity first year back from COVID. Hundred thousand and twenty four people full capacity. We 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 bet biggest the over. crowd since nineteen eighty six. We bet the over, didn't we? We finally 100, did. We finally got that victory. But they didn't have a market. Have that a market we found. But we bet the over. Every year. Always the over. Um, but it was great. It was a fantastic thing. Right from you know, I think that every every aspect of today was so meticulously planned out that they got it right. The 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 entertainment beforehand. Newsflash, AFL, get rid of all these bands playing beforehand. Spend your $4 million. Get a single performer, Robbie Williams. It was worth it, wasn't it? Wow. And I can't believe they took so long. When Delta Goodrum sang the national anthem, I was at that game. might have been the first week of finals. Uh, She sang the national anthem. It was when the Queen had just passed. So I can't remember which game it was. It was Brisbane someone. And then it was so good. And I was like, how have they not announced that they're going to get her to be part of it somehow? She was a part of it with Robbie Williams and it was a great performance. He was in the pink suit there. She was in her little get-up and uh, great performer still at her age. And Robbie Williams, you know, he's... he's the only thing he needed to do was take his, take his kit off. I thought, I thought so. I thought the, I thought the vest was I coming thought, off. I thought it was coming off, but it didn't. And Tell you what, uh, he, he was incredible. Like the the first the, the way he opened it. I don't know if what they showed on on the TV, but he he opens up and they have the little thing in there, and he has the you know they, they let you entertain you was the opening line, and they had whatever, and then he just did, did a little bit of a you know the music's playing. He goes, "Listen up, Melbourne, Australia. I hope you're ready because I'm going to be brilliant for the next twenty minutes. So you better bring your A game." Yeah. And then just boom, that just put everyone up. People in the stands were singing and then they did so many great tributes throughout that represented Australian history yeah. and Australian what's happening now and it wasn't taken away this, this this bullshit that they continually go with it needs to be an Australian artist nah get a mega mega superstar and compliment your culture another way and, and they nailed it yeah and the performance was was good in terms of it had that culture and a little bit of meaning behind it as well now when you go to gigs and I know you go to a lot of gigs and I've been to a lot of gigs in the past but probably not as much these days and the band is from interstate, especially the support <laughs> bands, uh, or they're from overseas. And they come, oh, yeah, what's up, Melbourne? <laughs> Melbourne. But, but some of them, they do it over and over yeah. again, nearly at the end of every song. And it's like, 
Yeah, we you, get, you don't we, care. We, you're we just saying that. the city that you're singing in and you'll go on a tour yeah. and you'll say that and it doesn't mean anything. Nah. But this meant something and it was actually done really professionally and really well. And not only, like, again, I don't know what the media picked up um, on the telecast, but he even said, you know, a couple of times he was like, yeah, go, like, you know, go the cats. He mentioned cats three or four times and he mentioned the swans. Like, he'd done his homework and yeah. I, I think that, you know, as I said, the, the compliment to, to Australian culture where they have obviously Kyla Minogue who, di- who did kids previously um, with with um, Robbie, Robbie uh, Williams. They had that song in there, which you needed to anyway, one of his, one of his big <laughs> ones. Uh, but then they also had the You're the Voice and uh, on the screens in there they had um, John Farnham singing the song and they obviously had rehearsed it. Very um, very Queen, We Will Rock You sort of, you know, Freddie Mercury vibes where they had the split cameras going. And well, they, it's they, it's they got to be hard. And it was, it was amazing. You had my a, mum in tears. You had a whole oval. Yep. You don't have people on the ground like at, if you go to, say, Etihad and you go to a gig there, you've got people on the ground and the stage there. You've got people in the stands. Like, you've that, that sound quality isn't as good as no, if you're not. in a confined space. So you've got to be absolutely excellent and on your game if you're going to do it. Yeah, and not go, will you do anything? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's I, th- I think it's um like I'm not a performer uh, outside of this uh, little podcast here, but I, I can't imagine how hard it would be from a you know state of the state of the world performer to not be performing in front of a hundred thousand screaming people that you could literally get their underwear thrown on stage like they, they, he was in the middle of the ground and he's literally singing by himself to a crowd he can't he can't see any faces in the stands he can't pick up any vibes and he was still able to. Inter- interact with the crowd the only thing that i would like to see is maybe they move the stage a bit closer but then the other side misses out like right. it's lose lose and i think the afl really nailed it and then even followed it up with the uh half-time performance as well it wasn't over the top it was nice and basic a couple of collaborations a couple of range of different you know good songs not just the one band playing their, their you know their greatest hits or not even their greatest hits sometimes as uh, robbie williams said one of them is like all right guys i apologize I have to do the obligatory new song we'll get back to the classics in just a moment and he, he, I mean, obviously he didn't hear that on the stage, and then he's 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 you know belted out this out, and people sort of got on, got involved with it. They didn't tune out because he acknowledged that sort of thing. Yep. And you know the halftime where they did this collab of like seven or eight different songs, you didn't hear Temper Tracks, you know, all their hits. They just did a, a bit of a mashup, and it was great. Yeah, they did uh, different things. That's the first person I've heard say that the halftime show was great. Um, heard a lot of negativity about that on Twitter and, and oh, during I liked the week. It. Uh, my, my thoughts it, I is... I think halftime doesn't, doesn't need to be matter. over the top. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not like the halftime in the Super Bowl where they get yeah. the ads and they've got like the... Who'd they have? Snoop Dogg, Eminem, all of that oh, in yeah. the last year's yeah. uh, Super Tribute Bowl. Tribute to LA, yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be like that for yeah. the AFL. You do your stuff before the game. You do your sprint and stuff. I like that. You don't do it at halftime anymore. Halftime is for the fans there in the stands to get a breather. It's for people at grand final barbecues to relax for 20 minutes have a bit of a rest, you, you're not glued to the TV anyway. So you can get a, a local performer or someone doing just some get, cover songs. Just, get, just, get get a co- just give it a cover band on. Get a cover band on there, pump out five or six classics, go. That's all you need. It does not matter. No. Like, uh, just let it go, let it go. Um, a bit of Frozen you want. You want a little bit of Disney on ice. And I've, I've performed Frozen in Let It Go and karaoke before and it's been... Sing a, a couple a, bars for, for the podcast? It's been a big hit. I've already done uh, a bit of meatloaf tonight. Was that, was that what that was? I was a little, little, bit, little bit unsure what that was. I was mumbling through, having a bit of a no, heart attack there. I was literally mumbling because yeah. that's what he did in I understood the joke, but I'm not sure if our fans understood the reference. Oh, well, I hope they did, and if they have tuned out now, bad luck to them. Um, <laughs> haven't even spoken about the game yet. <laughs> haven't spoken about the game, nah. but uh, another Joel Selwood again. Walking around, notice the – is he the water boy at Geelong? Yeah, so he's the official semi um, – I can't think of his last name, but he's a he's – a, I think he's a young adult now. He'd probably be a 25, 26, yep. uh, has Down syndrome, and they um, they invited him on the on the field. So five or six years ago, they he, um, he used to come to all the open training sessions, and they actually employed him as a, a Geelong trainer, as the, the official water boy for the training sessions. And yeah, they, he saw him in the stands. He got him on there. Uh, Jeremy Cameron put his medal over him as he well, so they give could get a photo. Out, yeah, he did. Let, we could get to that. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of stories there. Um, but it was it was fantastic. And apparently, one of the better things was when he started walking around. Is that Joel Selwood jumps on the on the old phone and calls his mum, Sam's mum, and says, 
Don't well, don't worry about it. I'm going to bring him down to the rooms, and as soon as he, as soon as we've had a little celebrations, I'll make sure he gets back out to you. How, like, good, how is that? good is that? Like it's his moment. He's just he knows he's retiring instead oh, of sitting I there and enjoying it. it. When Jeremy came and put the medal on him, and he just goes to the crowd <laughs> yeah. and starts celebrating, it was absolutely awesome. All right, speaking of medals though, yeah, the Jeremy Cameron stuff. Uh, tell you what, the best bit of content oh, I've so ever <laughs> ever ever seen. But how how loose was the Instagram for people who don't know? Um, he was quite, the DeLong boys were very. Um, they were posting social media throughout the, the celebrations throughout the night and obviously they had someone one of their managers were there for content because there's a couple of ones that uh you'd be a little bit worried with how much they were slurring their words and how drunk they were take it away this is a great story Pez. oh so it was 4 4 30 in the morning he's at he's <laughs> home at his farm with his mate ty yeah i'm, I'm guessing from the, from the video it was stengel was stengel, it yeah i couldn't tell from the video it was a bit dark <laughs> but he, he starts filming i've watched this Literally over a hundred times this video every day. I'll just get it out and have a look. <laughs> and he goes, "If you haven't seen it, at behind the bound on Twitter, I've retweeted, retweeted it from it the nice original the media manager's done something good this uh, um, grand final week." And he goes, "We've done something very silly here." And then <laughs> it goes to the cow, and the cow has his premiership medal on. Oh, and, he, and he's like, "Ah, just just leave him. Just oh, let him have it for the night. Let him have it for the night." He goes, "Enjoy it. Enjoy it." And the cow runs off into the paddock. So, was, so oh, the funny so stuff good. of that is it's not a cow. It was a bull. <laughs> so it's a bull. And they spoke to him the next day and he's like, tell you what, putting out, and he could slur in his words. They must have gone right on the, uh, the the piss that night, which which understandable. Oh, you had to. And he's like, yeah, putting the medal on the bull, super easy. Retrieving it, not easy oh. at all. So apparently he's trying to chase after this bull who's out in the paddock. Was trying he trying to, to do it the same time? After the video, was he? Did he leave it on for the oh, next I, day? I, I I assume that they tried to get over, but he was he didn't really allude to that in the in yeah. the interview. But it was fantastic stuff by, uh, and that's what you love is the grand final itself. No matter what the standard of the game is, is the aftermath, the stories, the celebrations. We haven't always spoken something. about the game. No, we haven't yet. And it, it's all of the the celebrations and everything involved in grand final day. So. I think that's it for my spiel. That was the main event there with the Jeremy Cameron bit of uh, social media, and he is—he's uh, a bit of a bit of a bloke. He just—he loves having a few cans. He loves going fishing. He uh, streams, a, you know, Call of Duty game on on Twitch sometimes in his, in his off time, even during the season. Sometimes late at night. So just, a, uh, just announced his uh, his uh, little pregnancy too. So I'm uh, um, keeping it secret for there and. I'm sure that they are all of the Geelong boys, and I'm sure there'll be more stories that trickle out as as the night goes on and as the time goes and on. But he'll enjoy what's he on seven hundred and fifty thousand no, legally, no, no, but no, he's no, actually no. on what five point no, five he's million. A, he's, he's on a small little two hundred thousand dollars a year, and uh, they chuck in a couple of bulls there. That's why he had to give the medal to him. Well, they, I think he had to put the medal on him because that was part of his payment. So they, you know, he's th- part of the process as well. I think the with the farms and all the the extra stuff that Jeremy Cameron's got with the pubs and things. He'd be on about five point five million a year, which no. is more than the whole AFL team salary cap. Oh, so I'm just uh, looking, look, a bull, a bull is a bull's only worth a thousand dollars. You only have like four or five bulls there, so it's only a cheeky couple of bulls there, Pez. There's no bullshit about that. It's all, it's all good. That's all that's worth. <laughs> well, you can't really win a premiership just with Jeremy Cameron, so they've got to get it off the books. But if they get caught, which they should, which they won't, because there's not nothing legal, strip the premiership, and no. then 2022. Just is blank in history. Nah, How good's that? You don't want that. You don't want that. All the all the, the last half an hour of content we've just talked about irrelevant, and we're never irrelevant. You know, you just go off our, our bet slips, and then we know that we're not irrelevant. Oh, we have to review grand final day, don't we? It's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. All right, sauce. Now we had a, a stellar year, you could say. Okay, oh, stellar year. Please. Ended on a, on a sour note for me, didn't end on a sour note for you because as we know, at the start of the final series, I spoke about my heart and going for interstate clubs and, and doing that for years and years and years. And I've come to the realisation that I'm, I don't want to be throwing away money anymore because realistically, Geelong were great money at $1.60 or so to win that with some promotions. You could get $2, one that you got. I know that you'll speak about with the Joel Selwood one touch. You could you could actually make some coin. And if you're not going to make some coin, there's no point throwing away uh, some hard-earned units through in the, during the year. So I've done that and I've done that this week, but I've come to a realisation that even if I want a team to win, if there's money to be made somewhere, source, I'm going to have to just go with the money. Yeah, it's so funny. We spoke about last week on the show about uh, how careful we are betting on grand final, and a lot of our betting warnings towards the end were like, you know, just enjoy the day. Don't 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 put down money you don't need to. And then we got to your bet slip, and you're like, 
Sydney, yeah. Sydney, Sydney. Throw it down here, throw it down here. <laughs> yeah. He didn't really care and he went against it. But uh, I don't think that should put bring it down on what uh, we did throughout the year. So we will talk about the grand final specifically because obviously I I, I had a great, you know, Geelong Cats of, uh, of uh, um, bet slips there. But like throughout the year, we, we've done amazing for, for what we have set out to do. It's our best year in, in to date uh, and it's only going to get better. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope so because if it only gets better, then I can keep... Uh, Going with the the renovations and everything here, and and pay for. Yeah, I'm, a sitting, lot. I'm sitting. We're sitting in the west wing of uh, <laughs> of Sauce and Pears. I feel like I should have a, a little bit of a share in the your little property here. Well, maybe a, Talk sta- about, a staircase could go there where you're oh, sitting, yeah, and we're going to go up another level. Uh, we'll see. I don't, what know, I don't know if you better get it past the chandelier up. There, so. <laughs> Uh, I'll just, I'm going to go through my bet slip very, very quickly. Now, Jake Lloyd to have more disposals than Patrick Dangerfield. This is one I absolutely loved. Jake it was good, Lloyd, it was good value. He only had 18 disposals. He didn't take the first three kickouts uh, of the grand final when Geelong were kicking those points in the first quarter, but he did take them after that. And Sydney, for whatever reason, just continued to go down the line and didn't want to do it. Dangerfield had an absolutely amazing day with a lot of goal assists. Very, very unselfish uh, where he could have... You know, been a little bit more selfish, tried to get a couple of goals to his name, tried to win the Norm Smith, but he didn't care. He was a, a team man on the day. I had Sydney plus 13 and a half, so that was gone in the first quarter. Isaac Heaney to win the Norm Smith medal, nowhere to be seen. Uh, the only player for Sydney, well, it was probably two, Robbie Fox. Robbie was Fox decent, and probably Chad and Warner. Probably, definitely Chad Warner. Well, Chad, he, Chad Warner statistically had a best on ground for the, the yeah, way the analysis he, of data works. He had, a, he had a good game. He did have a stellar fourth quarter where the Geelong players kind of gave up. But because uh, everyone was having beers on the sideline with some balls. He, he did he did have a good game. Now, my uh, same game multi, Tom Hickey, under 15 and a half in that first quarter. <laughs> he, kept, he got a couple of intercept marks, a couple of little handballs <laughs> to each other, but that still got a green tick. So that uh, leg by itself, Jake Lloyd, 20 disposals didn't happen. He only got 18 and Sydney one to 39. So not even a bonus there that I have to do in the off season, which is uh, all right. And uh, across for a minus of 4.4, uh, 5.4 units for the week. Uh, which I'll talk about the season total after you speak about your bet slip. Yeah, so like, uh, as you know, I was all over Geelong, but uh, I was all over Geelong in a way that statistically made sense. They had won 15 on a trot. We spoke about how, you know, that what Sydney needed, you know, you should have alluded to that. Straight away, we spoke about what Sydney needed to do to stop Geelong. It yeah. was all about that, and we should have listened to the betting. I went with a couple of different promotions. Uh, I went with Boss Bet. There was heaps out there, and that's where your value can be. I signed up to Boss Bet, which, you know, already one of my 50 million uh, bets, betting apps that I have on it's there. It's just growing. Just growing. Uh, Geelong to, to win, and Joel Sowell just to have the one touch, and he had a lot more than that, uh, $2.50. So I had one unit on that one at 25 so that was a green tick for me. I had a three-leg same-game multi with Geelong to win head-to-head. Mark Blitz asked to get 15 or more. He had nine in the, in the first quarter, I think it was, and I told you that they were going to use him around the ground and they did they they stuck him in the ruck and they never looked back from there and yeah, yeah as well as that had him over 17 and a half which Good was line. his line was, was was a steal what did he end up getting 23 or yeah, something 23 so I had two units on that one that was a 125 profit my two bonus bets I had I had Gary Rowan to kick a goal Isaac Smith to kick a goal Tyson Stengel to kick a goal Jeez, I've, this is unlucky. I, I, I've been telling you all year Isaac Smith averages two or more he kicked four for the game as well as a norm Stengel had two or more I think he ended up with four as well Gary Rowan just the one point Point, uh, and oh. they were looking for him. Well, they were looking for everyone in that last quarter. Everyone. Uh, and he was a little bit unlucky uh, not to get one. So my bonus bet for that one didn't pay off, but no money lost. Oh, that and then I also nice. had, uh, I just had a flick at the, um, uh, you know, Jeremy Cameron at the norm. Should have had one on Isaac Smith at $53. You could have picked him up early in the week, uh, which would have been great. Saw value. a few people in the in the Twitter group. Oh, you always, you, if they chucked it on everyone, 25 on everyone, and, and you hope that one of those big ones gets in, you make your money back. But uh, also had my future that I put down two weeks prior. So Geelong at two bucks uh, and two units on that one so I had a fantastic grand final not only celebrating a victory but also having some uh, some some nice little win I returned 11 units from five a profit of six units for for grand final day so uh, all coming up chocolates for for sauce over here great great grand final there so that caps off our 2022 AFL season uh, so I stake 231 units over the year sauce which is uh, a, a decent amount of units over what 2023 20, rounds and a, a four-week final series there 308 units were returned for a profit of 77.1 units so as i spoke about left some profit on the table on grand final day but uh that's a that's a mistake that you you have to wear and you and you make and everything is accounted for here at behind the boundary so a profit for the season of 77.1 units yeah which is really great like if you have 10 bucks on every one of your units there you're up 771 dollars of profit so it's just to put that into perspective for people who don't know how to how units work yeah if you're a 10 dollar better yeah 10 dollar better you know if you're, you're a 25 dollar bet 
you're sitting just under 2K, so you're sitting there nicely. Uh, for the year, I staked 210.64 units, returned 254 units, uh, um, and sorry, 0.39 units, and a profit of 43.75 units. Um, it, it's the biggest for me uh, in, in the last couple of years, and it's the, the best year we've had, Pez. Um, what's that, 120 units for the year, uh, which yep. is incredible. And and four seasons, is it four seasons now, yep. I think, uh, all have been in the positive, yep. all have been in the positive profit uh, for both of us and, and combined, obviously. Uh, and, and this becomes our best. And 2023, we look forward to uh, continuing to try and make more money and seeing what we're going to yeah. follow along, bigger and better things. Just just to put it into perspective, if you put 50 bucks on all of our bets all together for the whole year, you'd be up six grams. And uh, as I can tell by this nice little spiral staircase design that uh, you've got up on the wall and just underneath the hanging chandelier, you're putting a little bit more than 50 on your little uh, little chocolate ones there, mate. Yeah, well, a little bit more than what <laughs> was shown on Twitter. Uh, a little bit of uh, uh, higher units there, but you don't want to, um, you know, make that... That's not about Pu- you. Public to do the Joel Selwood, mate. It's not no, about you. It's, it's not, not about, about me. It's just about the unit size, which is what we've uh, moved on to, which has been really good because uh, everyone else on gambling Twitter seems to do the same thing. And we were doing ROI for a long time. Uh, so unit size, very easy to work out. If you're $100 better, you multiply the units by 100. If you're a $10 better, you multiply by 10. And it's very easy to work out. And it doesn't matter. If you're a casual better and you only want to put a dollar on each bet, do that for a bit of fun. It doesn't you, matter. You no would be one, up 120 bucks if you followed both of bets. No one is judged for the amount that they no, bet. No. It, it's not like, oh, I bet $500 a bet. No one ah. no one gives two shits. No one cares how much you bet. Yeah. Uh, just if, you, if you're a winning better, I don't, I don't care what you bet. You can bet 50 cents. As long as you're a winning better, you got to love it. Yeah, you do. And speaking of loving it, let, let's get on to the actual game. We won't talk long about it because I'm sure it's been dissected. We are a betting podcast. Let's just go through a couple of the moments that we both loved and you know things that you like to see and, and what won it for Geelong. For me, opening that game, that first quarter dominance, and you know we talked about how them controlling the defence was how they were going to win it. That's they controlled they the middle. They controlled the middle and they just took the ball down there and they rammed it down Sydney's throats. And uh, the the you know the amount of different scoring options that they have besides you know the three headed monster in Tangle, Stengel, Tomahawk, and, uh, and Jesse Cameron, uh, you know definitely prevailed in that first quarter when they took such a commanding lead. You look back to the GWS grand final against Richmond and it wasn't as lopsided as that. You go back further even to the Port Adelaide Geelong game in that first quarter, wasn't as lopsided. This was sheer dominance right from the get-go. The highest first quarter score ever in a grand final. They left some chances there as well where they could have you know, kicked on a little bit further. Uh, but yeah, it was one in that first quarter. It was their defence moving up to the middle of the ground and the, Sydney couldn't get the ball down uh, to their end. And then when they did... There, there was no no structure, no forward structure because they were under so much pressure up the ground. The Geelong players were working really hard, which meant they had open avenues to goal everywhere else. You had players leading out both different ways, leaving space in the middle, and, and you just had lead-up players taking marks, having shots at goal. You had um, Norm, Norm Smith coming in and, and kicking goals off there. You had Tomahawk. This is unforgivable. First quarter, he doesn't kick one goal from a boundary throw-in in the forward 50, he kicked two. And if you know anything about Geelong, you know that Tom Hawkins is going to try and grab the ball out of the ruck and kick a goal. One of the easiest things, I think, one of the easiest things to plan for and stop. What the hell was Sydney doing in those boundary throw-ins? The one thing you have to stop is Tom Hawkins pushing off, grabbing the ball and being able to get the ball to his boot because he doesn't need a lot of time. And I don't know how he's trained for it or acted on it, but he's the best in the business at doing it. And to kick two first goal quarter goals like that, that was really, really embarrassing. And not only did he do that, uh, you know, as you said, to kick the first goal, to kick the second as well. And he did it against, uh, Hay- you know, Hayden McLean the first time, which you're like, okay, when you back up Ruckman or, you know, your, your defender yeah, wasn't aware. In, right? But then he does it to Tom Hickey, their, their number one Ruckman in the next play, and literally just sheer body size. The fact that the way he's able to manhandle someone legally, mind you, his strength is incredible. But then to have enough finesse and time to be able to get the ball and ping it out there, you're right, unforgivable. And, Any time, the, and, and every time the ball is in Geelong's forward line in a throw-in, Tomahawk does this. He, he, he must kick 30 or 40 goals a year just off this. He tries to do it. Every he, time. He, and the Ruckman, it's probably not even the Ruckman's job because if the Ruckman's getting pushed out and Tomahawk is so strong, 
then it's a midfielder or someone else. But you're not looking. You're not looking for the run through. You're not looking for the Nick Davis in that time. You know what he's just, trying just to do. Jump on him. You yeah. know what he's trying to do. Like uh, I couldn't get, I couldn't get past that. And once he kicked his second one, that's when I thought Geelong are on today, and Sydney, you've you you can't be coming back from here because it was just one way traffic. One way traffic indeed. Uh, well, favorite moment from the from the whole game. My favorite moment. Yeah, yours. I'll hear yours first. <laughs> uh, my my. From from the actual gameplay, was yeah, it? Yeah, the gameplay. Uh, maybe when half-time half happened, so I'd <laughs> have a bit of a nap. So <laughs> have a bit of a nap. Because <laughs> it was boring as batshit, to be oh, honest. It, look, and, and as I said to you, because you're like, you know, it was a pretty boring game. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it was. As a fan, when you're there, you, you, you know you know what we're like as fans. I knew it wouldn't be boring for you. It wasn't boring, but you, you're still nervous up until half-time. But then when that that first goal came in that, that third quarter, right, and then you're just enjoying it. Favorite moment for me was it was a toss up between Patrick Dangerfield running through the pack, getting through, bumping in that fourth quarter, swings one over his body, bounces, and then into the hands of a uh, first year player, old uh, Sam DeConing, and uh, he kicks his first goal in AFL history, and into the um, on the screen they show Patrick Dangerfield, him on the ground looking up and just laughing, going, "Just I can't get a break here." So I'm trying <laughs> to kick a goal in the grand final. There's that one, and then there's Joel Selwood's goal. The amount of emotion that poured out of that goal yeah, was if you, fantastic. If you didn't know he was retiring at that oh, stage, you're, you're blind. Blind, yeah. Yes, you're definitely blind. But uh, it, it was a great day uh, for footy. We, we are a betting podcast. I don't talk too much about that. But as we spoke about, if you listen to the analysis of the games, there was a lot of money to be won on the day. Yeah, with the, with the over-unders especially. So uh, I, I didn't look through that. I didn't have a lot of time uh, to, to be doing that. Uh, to be honest, but there there was money to be made, and we we said that in the the last week's podcast. So hopefully, some people took some of that advice and was able to go in and and do some things and and see some lines like a Tom Hickey under fifteen point five. He had a lot of the ball in that first quarter, and it, it still went under. So there's there's definitely money to be made there, and that's uh, for subsequent grand finals that come up when they put all players listed in that market, you've got to do a deep dive and you've got to be like, all right, where is the value? Where can I make this money? Yeah, where, where, where's the value in terms of the over-unders because you're just looking at the averages? Uh, what is the game style going to suit and which players are going to be moved in there as the chess pieces? And, yeah, what units oh, are you going to be staking? I just thought of my um, favourite moment. There was about 22 seconds left in the, in the game and uh, I think it was BT actually and I don't really like him as a commentator but there's the, the bloke with the one minute sign on the boundary line and BT goes, I don't think he really needs to be doing that at this stage uh, with 22 seconds left up by 81 points. But uh, yeah, that's, that was my favourite moment. Actually, speaking of this, do you know what I noticed at the grand final? That they had the, um, whoever the sponsor is, I knew it used to be SWAT, Swatch and now it's like, uh, I think it's like at Geelong, it's um, at the Geelong, it's like uh, Hawkins watches or something like that. And what they had around the ground is they had a live ticking clock Counting down, so I was able to tell Mum. She's like, "I wonder how many long's left." I'm like, "Oh, it's, it's on the it's on the um, the boundary going I spoke around." Spoke about that last week as well. Four thirty-seven. I actually hadn't no, but it was under the five minute mark. I hadn't noticed that last week. I just saw it was popping up randomly, but they actually had it there for like the last three or four minutes. Well, last five minutes, I think it must have been. So maybe they were just trying to keep people at the ground. That like, <laughs> Come on, guys. It's yeah, almost over. It's nearly there. Stop. He's already dead. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, there's a meme for you. <laughs> I think there was a few memes to come out of that one. But what a year that we've had. What a year the Cats have had. Um, so many great stories to come out of this. And just uh, don't think that our season is over just because the betting stops with AFL. We are going to be looking at doing a couple more wrap-up shows, continue the banter here, and might even look at investing in a, a couple of little, uh, uh, betting shows on, on other sports or planning for season 2023. Oh, if you can you know, find some value, you can make some money and go from there. We're talking uh, NBA, I guess we've we've been betting on the next for one coming a number up. of years. MLB, I just started this season, but uh, not going too bad on the, the old MLB and trying to learn a little bit about trends. and yeah, Almost crashed the car and the moats coming in from your house <laughs> that you, you've won from MLB. So. <laughs> well, MLB's been very, very good, but then there's, uh, yeah, there's so many different things that you you can go to. Um, I think, in all honesty, NRL would be one of the easiest ones to bet on. But with it being the same time as AFL season, it's, hard, it's too hard to keep up with. And you can't commit enough time to it. Because if you're going to do something, you've got to commit time to be able to know what's happening, uh, know trends and know value when you see it. 
Yep, and that's what's going to be coming from us in the off-season. So uh, when I am done celebrating this premiership, so probably about a month's time. Back to business. We'll, we'll sit down and back to business. We'll go through the losers of – not the losers. We, that's not the way to do it. We'll do the seasons over. We'll go through the teams. Yeah, we'll, fa- we'll have a bit of a – favourite uh, – what is it called? Seasons topic. over. Yeah. Hashtag seasons over. We talk about your team and uh, how, they, how they finished off the season, what they need to look for next season. Because it is going to be the biggest trade period. Oh, huge, huge. Ever. So much There's going to be movement. so much movement. So much movement with the new the new TV deal as well. There's a lot more money coming in. You know, Geelong's just retired seven or eight properties ready to go. Uh, they listed <laughs> some players as well. Yeah, we did. Sparkle Narkle. Yeah, he'll get another run in the AFL somewhere. You think? Yeah, up oh, at Gold he, Coast. He, or something. It was a bit unlucky that he couldn't get into that midfield, but that's yeah, well, uh, the likely, likelihood. It's, it's when you're paying uh, twenty five million a year on salary. It's it's hard to get into to a uh, midfield if you're a player uh, like that. Only copped us cop, copped us a, a couple of apartments in uh, in Geelong Town Centre for him. <laughs> so it was no like big properties or farms like uh, Jezza. So the Geelong Footy Club own like eighty <laughs> percent of Geelong. Yeah, you know when they say that you know like Billy Brownless is the mayor of Geelong. It's, it's true. It's the, he he owns all the properties there, and he's just like the monopoly man, just sitting there and he's just giving. Yep, you and, can build a house here. And because he likes Geelong and goes for. Geelong, Long, he wants to go. Oh yeah, you, you can have that bit of land. That's fine. <laughs> I've, I've got my millions and uh, whatever. I own the pub. I own Lammies. <laughs> but uh, that's what you can expect from us over the break. Uh, it's been a great season. Another profitable one. What's that? Five in a row. Um, five green. Five ticks, in a row. Five now. green ticks. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're the number one in. I'm not gonna. I don't know the stats, but we're the number one in betting for, for AFL podcast. I have to say. Oh, well, Mug, have to be, have to be. You see, Mug the other the other day, he goes, uh, "How do you like source reckons your number number two in betting or whatever?" And I said, "You can't trust whatever source says. It's uh, can't be doing those things." Yeah, what do you mean? He says we're number two. We are. Number you two. said we're number yeah. two. We, we, of course, we're number two. There's only there's only there's only like when you type in AFL betting, we come up second. There's only like three podcasts. So we're, we're top three. Yeah, I'm not going to waste my time uh, <laughs> even checking that. But. but but speaking of checking that, make sure you jump on to all our socials and uh, any good podcast provider. Leave us five stars. Leave us uh, a nice little review. That's how other AFL fans and AFL gamblers or just betters in general can find us. It helps us with our our numbers. It helps us with keeping the show going and look for some new things coming in 2023. Yeah, all right. I'll wait till 2023. There's a long, <laughs> a long while to go until we get uh, some AFL footy again. So, stellar season. Well done to you, Source. Um, I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but it was a very, very good season. Uh, e- enjoy the off season. I'm sure I'll see you again soon for a bit of uh, <laughs> a show. We've just said season yeah. over, so we'll see the fans as well. So keep an eye out with your notifications on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to uh, your podcasts. I've been Pez. Peace out. Yeah, it's been a great season. Congratulations to you too. There's fishing for some a little bit of love there. I know what you're up to there. Uh, but a great season from both of us. If you've got any uh, ideas of shows or things that you want us to talk about, we'll have to get into those trades as well coming in, a little bit of a roundup of that. Uh, but uh, enjoy. Uh, make sure you're betting responsibly if you're having a punt. Go Cats, and uh, we'll catch up next time. I'm Sauce. See you later.